Welcome to my MACD life and powered by the Support Site Foundation. This podcast is about macular degeneration and the devastating impact it has on millions of people and their families every single day, 365 days a year. Our mission is simple, to bring hope, optimism, perspective, and education to our listeners. So tune in, buckle up, and put your listening ears on. Here are your hosts, Don Prawl and Sean Doyle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my MACD Life. I'm your co-host, Sean Doyle, professional speaker, trainer, and book author, and I'm here today with my co-host, the lovely and talented, the amazing, the incredible, the irreplaceable, Don Prawl, the founder and executive director of the Support Site Foundation and a visionary. Hey, Don. Hey, Sean. Hi, everyone. We're happy you've joined us. We're excited to bring you some great information, education, and inspiration. We really want to make a difference in the life of people who are suffering with MACD, and we call it My MACD Life. And Don, one other thing. What's that, Sean? We're We're going going to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) So folks out there listening to uh, My MACD Life, this episode, I'm really excited to have our guest who's coming up on the show with us today. I'm going to introduce Mark Greggett. Or Greggett. It's a joke between (laughs) the two of us. However you want to say it. (laughs) (laughs) And Mark is the founder and CEO of New Eyes. And we've got a lot to cover. So stay tuned. Support for today's My MACD Life podcast comes from Healthy Vision Association, Novartis, the Sparrow, Centric Bank, and Hinkelstein and Associates. So, Don, I was reading this morning as part of my morning ritual, which I, every day I read. The book is about business strategy. And I know that this show is not about business strategy, but extrapolating that idea of business strategy, I came up with the idea of if you're diagnosed with macular degeneration instead of just being upset or grieving or being sad, why not come up with a strategy, an action plan, a strategy, a map, whatever, to navigate through your diagnosis and to navigate through your life. Like a care plan. Exactly. So I think a lot of people, when they're faced with adversity, the adversity is so involving that it just consumes them instead of stepping back and saying, well, what's the plan now? What what strategy can I come up with to succeed and live with this disease and treatment and all these other different elements? So just wonder what you thought about the idea of having a strategy around a diagnosis of macular degeneration. It might help people do it if they thought about it like that. So a lot of you know people, patients, when they're diagnosed with a disease, chronic disease, uh, you know, um, asthma, arthritis, uh, you know, diabetes. I was in acute healthcare a lot of my career, and you know, there are care plans and. You know, there's a doctor, a nurse, you know, whatever, everybody's involved. And the strategies are diet and exercise and all the things to to get healthier. So I think people do eventually create a care plan, but 
for MACD, but I will say, let's talk about that. So people who are out there listening, so you might be a caregiver and you, and you know, not have the disease, and we hope you're listening because one of the things that you could do as a result of this podcast or this conversation is to think about the loved one in your life or the friend or whomever who has MACD, maybe suggesting to them, what's your plan? What's your strategy? Because you're going to live with this and for now. So, and I want to be part of it, you know? So let's create one together or what have you. The other thing about macular degeneration, I think that makes it a little bit different than other diseases is that it's your vision. So that's scary. I can't see that every, it impacts everything. That's right. Everything. You know, your arthritis impacts your life, but it's, I don't know. Am I making sense? You know, how do you, but I think that's where, that's where this podcast comes in. That's where Support Psych Foundation comes in to help people right. create that plan. That's right. And I'm not downplaying the seriousness of, of arthritis, but I think with arthritis, you may have good days and bad days and some days you can function better than others. And they're not, there's no treatment for dry macular degeneration. It's not out there yet. I mean, I think we're getting there. The research is getting there because 85% of people have dry. Yes. But, but, or you can have a combination of, but, you know, all you can do for dry is, you know, take the vitamins right. and, and diet and exercise. And that's really healthy lifestyle related. And then do the Amsler grid and make sure that the minute that changes, you're talking exactly. to your retina doc or whatever. But let's go back to what you were saying. So that's kind of the care plan for that. So that's kind of already done. Mm hmm. If you have a good friend and you call a good friend up and you're upset about something, a really good friend, in my opinion, says, so what are you going to do now? And not just going, oh, you know, feeling empathetic. Yeah, you're teaching our listeners to, to plan. So what do you do if, if you're not the kind of person who does that? What do you think? It's a great question. I think that's what we're all about here on my MACD Life is to provide support, to provide resources, to provide information. So seeking people out that can help you, whether it's your medical provider, whether it's a physician's assistant, whether it's a medical professional, whoever, friends, family, articles, websites. Information. It's about data and information. It's power, information. It help you, will help you develop a strategy. There's a brand new resource that we're involved in out there, folks, called AMD Central. We're going to have those, some folks on who are going to talk about it. Uh, Dan Roberts, who's in one of our episodes, alluded to this. So it's a collaboration between several macular degeneration, you know, uh, nonprofits who serve the macular degeneration community like Support Site Foundation. And we, I'm proud to say, led the way to create this AMD Central as a resource online and a place to start if you have macular degeneration or you're just diagnosed. And it's for caregivers, families, patients, and it's really an amazing resource, and it's brand new out there. One of the things we can suggest to people is that resource, along with My MACD Life, and, yes. you know, is the beginning of you creating your plan that's right for you. Mark is a pioneer in assistive technology. He's a veteran in this space that we're in, 
visually impaired community, visually impaired issues. And he is a futurist and a visionary, no pun intended. I could go on and on, but we're going to start out by saying, hey, Mark. Hey, Don. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. good. I'm good. I appreciate you taking time to interview a, a scrub like me as a founder and CEO of <laughs> New Eyes. So I appreciate it. So tell the Mark Greggett story <laughs> in the next couple of minutes and pull out the highlights that you think tell everyone who's listening about you and who you are and how you got where you're at right now. Yeah, yeah. How I've how I failed my way through uh, inventing a, a bunch of cool products. Some that some that were great and some that weren't. And yeah, you, you you get to see you don't get to see the lowlights, the ones that fail in the garage, and you get to see the ones that are highlighted that actually change people's lives. And it's it's been a roller coaster of an event. Uh, you know, obviously started out. I'm I'm from the the East Coast, from the Washington D.C. Virginia area. I was an absolute delinquent in high school, so you know my my parents my parents kept te- you know saying you know you know have to learn Roman literature you have to know about all these things that are important in life. Uh, as I was taking apart their computer day and night and learning about electronics and learning about software and learning about stuff that that mattered most to me, as my high school counselor told me, you're you're really not going to matter to uh, matter about to much. Nice. So, so forget yeah. about C- Caesar who? Caesar yeah. who? Yeah, yeah. Shakespeare really has done me well over the years. <laughs> uh, so, you know, as, as I looked at it and said, you know, college is probably not going to be the best, best place for me. Looked at the military to uh, get my stuff together in terms of, you know, being a, a less of a delinquent. So went, uh, chose the Navy out of, out of, out of high school. Um, and I remember this like yesterday. So I'm down in, I'm down in Richmond, Virginia taking my ASVAB test, scared out of my mind and looking at the book and I get back and, you know, as, as my high school teachers told me, you know, I, you're getting F's and D's and C's and things like that. They give me this massive binder and they go, Mark, you're really smart. Pick what you want to do. And I'm like, what? Like this, just this, this crazy room. I'm like, okay. Like, you know, all of those things that I were passionate about and I liked, really kind of at the end of the day were, were real life experiences to, to go out and do something good in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So enlisted, listed in the Navy, had a, had a, had a good time, you know, saw a lot of, a lot of great places, saw a lot of bad places, but overall, I think the most important thing gave me confidence in, in myself. It gave me confidence in going out and saying, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a, a leader, a leadership skill course, if you will, a crash course, in Absolutely. Entre- in entrepreneurship, you know, you 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 have you have these life skills that you didn't know about that really came out in the military, and and after the military, you know, fast forwarding to 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 two thousand, I went to college in San Diego, got straight A's, you know, loved loved what I was doing, and couldn't understand why people were complaining about being in San Diego in the first place and to being <laughs> in school. Uh, so it was it was a great experience, you know. I. I I minored, I minored in marketing, majored in business, loved just, just the whole business aspect of stuff and, you know, got into the assistive technology space a few years after that. I was pulled in by, by a buddy of mine and said, you know, you should really take a look at this in terms of distribution. Helping people is, is, is super important and that's what I've always been passionate about. And going out there and, and learning about macular degeneration, learning about glaucoma, learning about all these visual impairments where obviously glasses don't help, you know, surgery doesn't help for the most part. It was really about kind of learning. Say, why don't, why don't glasses work? Why doesn't a hand magnifier work? 
and kind of figuring out this, this space, this industry from a, from a ground up mentality and, and really just, you know, pushing forward and, and, and trying to, to trying to help people just like you do. Cool. So let's pick that apart a little bit if we can, because I know it's hard to, you know, kind of compress in all that, all your whole life story in like, you know, three minutes. But so Navy, we got a lot of veterans out there listening. I'm sure they can all relate. And thank you for your service, by the way. Okay. So Navy got you in ship shape, no pun intended, sounds like, and changed your life, changed your course which that's, that's a, you know, we can all relate to that, the paths that we all take and the turns that we choose. So you're, get to college, you smart guy, you're like confident, you know, and so assistive technology, you could have gone a million directions, business school, business, whatever, marketing, two things, why assistive technology? But before you answer that, I think it'd be great for you to share with our audience what assistive technology means. So define it. Okay. And then why that? Why that niche? You know, assistive technology, something that's, that's really enabling somebody to, to deal with what they have. It's, it's really changing somebody's life for the better where they can go to school, they can go to work, they can see a loved one's face. It's these, it's these almost immediate reactions of, of assistive technology empowering somebody to, to go out and, and, do, and, and hopefully do what I'm doing, you know, hopefully do what you're doing, to really go out and just, just really just be, be somebody that, that, that can be empowered by technology of today. When I got out of, of, of business school, I went into, originally went into financing. And it's this knife that's constantly in your back. You know, the investors are never happy. They always want a higher return. They always want this. You're working long hours. And I remember, again, you know, a lot of my life, I remember like it was yesterday. You know, my wife, I have two small daughters at the time. You know, they're 15 months apart. I'm miserable on Sundays. I'm just cranky. I'm crabby. And my wife's like, listen, like, go do anything. Go pump gas. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Just go do something that's, that's going to make you happy. And I really wasn't sure what the next step of my life is. You have that, that, that fear of the unknown. Like, I know this is, I know I'm miserable. Got to pay the bills. I have young ones that, that obviously want to support um, so a buddy of mine, you know, said, well, take a look at this. Let me know what you think. And I, and I had, you know, I, full disclosure, I had no idea. I mean, I knew, I knew I was a technologist at heart. I knew I wanted to do something that, that changed lives. Financing sure as heck was not that. And he said, you know, Mark, you don't know what this is. Come out with me for a day. Just come out with me for one day. I'll treat you to, to lunch, which he treated me to Denny's. So if I knew that, maybe I would have gone out. <laughs> and, you know, he said, come out for me with a day and, and see what, what, this, what this stuff does. To come full circle, now you're in a business where you've created products where people can see their 401k, they can see their IRA, they can see their financial statements, their bank statements. So there you go. There you go. You know, the first place I went was was Braille Institute in Los Angeles, and I'm, I'm walking in and I'm seeing the, these visually impaired, you know, people, these visually impaired, you know, consumers or whatever you want to call them, and they're they're happy, they're motivated, they're empowered. And the first one of the first people I met was 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 Bill, 
Dr. Bill, if you will, from from Center for Partially Sighted. And just it, it was it was really a, a life moment for me just going, this is something that's really, really freaking cool. Like I can make a difference, you know, almost instantly, just just as you do on a daily basis. Awesome. Yeah, just I just it's it's I love hearing stories about how people got to the the space that we're in. It is a journey for all of us, no matter what we do. But the stories of how you like myself and others and and, and folks who are listening, how you got to where you are in this, you know, in a visually impaired world and never even thought about it before, you know. So it's great. So let's fast forward. So now we know what pulled you in, what inspired you. So let's skip a few years and say, okay, now you've got this idea, you've got new eyes. And for folks listening, that's N-U-E-Y-E-S, new eyes. And so new eyes is what? We are a technology company that is using augmented reality smart glasses or inventing new versions of augmented reality smart glasses to help different different verticals and different passions of ours from the assistive technology space, the low vision space to the medical space to enterprise and, and really we've we've come full circle with 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 the products. You know, and, and I can get to that in a second, but I mean it really is for me, the passion has always been low low vision. It's been assistive technology. You know, to go out to somebody's house and, 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 as you know, change somebody's life within a matter of 5, 10, 20, 30 and minutes. They put and those hours. on their head. They put these are glasses, folks, by the way. These literally are you put them on your head. It's a computer on your head. And you put them on, and somebody says, Oh my God, I can see my husband across the room. Seeing that that older lady and her daughter, you know, crying and, and yeah. saying she's never seen her grandkids. That stuff is so impactful. You know, being yep. a founder and being a CEO of a company really is 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 it at most times really just kind of sucks. You know, you're dealing with paperwork, quarterly statements, board of director meetings, all the stuff that you never wanted to sign up for, right? You 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 know, at the very essence of entrepreneurship, you want to change the world. You want to do something better for humanity. And that's where we started. But, you know, it's, 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 it's moments like that you had on the news story. It's moments yeah. like James from the, the partnership with Comcast, where if you're not crying, like that's you're you're soulless, like to, to be able to change people's lives like that, where she's seeing her grandkids for the first time, where you're, you're doing such an amazing thing for this, this consumer group that really has been left behind in my opinion, you know, with macular degeneration, it's so prevalent in the U S 20 like, million. Yeah. 20 million people. And, and, you know, and going back to my, my story. So my distribution, just like your distribution was, was really kind of different when I first started in 2010, where they said, don't go to doctors, don't go and see the retina specialist. You know, you'll waste your time. And I was like, I have two small daughters. If they, if they look at me weird, we're going to take them to the doctor. Right. So partnering with over 175 doctors within the first 12 months of my distribution and really seeing thousands upon thousands upon thousands of patients was where New Eyes was born. Mm. You know, people said, why can't someone come up with a pair of glasses that does the same thing? Why? But Mark, I, let me interject here because sure. I think this is important for our listeners to know because one of the things that, that we get all the time, every day, every day, somebody says, well, why doesn't my doctor know more about the device or know more about what's out there for me 
Why aren't they connecting that? Speak to that a little bit, because I think that doesn't make sense to our listeners, to people who are not us, who are not on the inside. They they see a huge disconnect. Yeah, no, and you're you're 100 percent right. So you know, talking with with retina specialists and being friends with you know now thousands of retina specialists over the years, you know, in some cases, if it's not about education, the retina specialist feels like he failed, he or she failed. You know, there's nothing more I can do for you. The psycho the psychology behind it is. There's nothing more I can do for you. Yeah, come if you have dry, right? If you have dry, there's nothing. Eat right, the exercise. We, you know, we talk about that on this podcast. It's on the website. It's on Support Site Foundation. If you have wet, you're 10 to 15 percent of the people. You can get, you know, it's an injection. We, you know, we we'll, we talk about that too. Yeah. Well, even even in 2010, when you were wet, I mean, there was no shots, right? There was there was just they were cauterizing. Well, 16 they're using, years ago. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. using lasers. You're getting scar tissue, things like that. Maybe so, a Maybe, uh, well, I don't even think, actually, Avastin, may, Avastin was on the market, but that was a repurposed cancer drug. Yeah, well, I mean, at, at the time yeah. when I was there, Avastin had just been figured out as yep. a cancer drug down, I yep. think, a woman in Florida. Yeah. So so for me, looking at it, saying there's there's something more we can do. So it was really about partnering, and in, in, as we all know, as the world is about relationships. It's about Absolutely. it's about communication. It's about relationships. It's about trust. So going out to doctors, doctors, you know, they're they're so overwhelmed with with you know the 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 drug rep. You know, here's the drug go. Here's the drug go. Here's the, here's a new treatment. Things like that. My pitch to doctors was, Don, there's not there's nothing you need to do if you have a patient that you feel needs assistive technology, something that will just help them out. I'm going to go out to their house free of charge and I'm going to send you a nice letter saying what happened. It's completely free to them. We have different organizations, obviously foundations, the veterans administration, state agencies, things like that. So we're always, if they, if they have a dollar or a million dollars, we're going to treat them the same. And it, and it worked, you know, it it was something where, you know, the, the company I was, I was distributing for went from, you know, seeing a couple hundred patients to, you know, a year to seeing a couple hundred patients a, a month, you know, wow. and, and that's where I kept hearing, why can't someone come up with glasses? Or why can't, you know, hearing that a thousand times, hearing that 2000 times, you know, like, cause when people can't see, they want to put glasses on hundred percent. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And they, you know, I grew up with glasses. I mean, I have contacts, but I take my contacts off then you guys go away. <laughs> so, you know, again, Going to my wife and saying, you know, listen, I think there's, I think there's something here. I think there's, yeah. we're on to something. Yeah, I mean, well, and you look going, we're on to something, and in that oh crap moment, we're going, okay, we're going to be spending like our life savings, and maybe this is going to work out, or maybe not. You know, you, you try to sell that with a nice bottle of wine at the end of the day. <laughs> So, Mark, so so we're going to get into detail, but does anybody ever tell you you're nuts? All the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, you okay, know. that's it, good. Yeah, there, there, there's, a, there's a, a plethora of haters out there and people that want to say I'm nuts and crazy. And you, you you're know, nuts in a good way. Yeah, you, you know you're doing something right when people hate you, so. <laughs> Talk about the products that New Eyes has, and then we're going to encourage people to go to the website, too. Yeah, so we have we have you know three, if not four, now solutions for for the visually impaired. So if you're later stage macular degeneration to a kid that has star guards or someone that's just getting diagnosed with dry macular degeneration, you know, it, it, originally it was coming out with a product that that was just a visualization tool, so magnification, contrast, 
things like that. Obviously, as your later stage macular generation, you're you get eye fatigue. So having you know an, an artificial intelligence component like optical character recognition, things like that. You know, bar say that scanning. slower so people know. Sorry, no, yes. So- yeah, but, yeah. So so an AI component or artificial intelligence component that we patented. Uh, and granted, granted patent for optical character recognition on a pair of, of augmented reality smart glasses. So really what that means is you can push a button and it'll read back to you in, in real time instantly. Printed. Yes, it's printed. It's not handwritten. No, not yeah, 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 yeah. Printed, anything printed material. Um, it'll read back to you in real time so you can save your eyes, your eye fatigue, as you know, obviously, reading for a long amount of time, whether you're visually impaired or not, you're going to be getting eye fatigue, of course. That's also known as TTS, text-to-speech, yeah. correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Just so, so the audience is clear on that. Yeah, absolutely. So you've, got, so you've got one product. So what's that called? Yeah, so that we started out with that product that was called the, the New Eyes Pro. Um, Pro? The okay. Pro, that was the original one. The field of view was a little bit smaller for macular generation. It was a 30-degree field of view. Because let's remind folks, macular degeneration, those of you that have it know this, but it's a central vision disease. Yeah. So if you, if you don't have it, take your fist and put it in front of your face. And that's really, right. you've got that central vision loss, that scotoma, if you will. You're using that, that, that side vision, if you will, or, this, or the peripheral mm-hmm. or centric vis- vision. So if someone with macular degeneration is talking to you and they're looking to the side and looking at the side, they're not being rude. That's just where, where their usable vision is. Right. So what the pro do for that world? Yeah, so for later stage we we weren't as successful as I wanted to, but the younger the younger generation, the star guards, the beginning AMD patients, uh, it was it was great. I mean, it went we went from the flip phone to the smartphone in really a New York minute. You know, going from a sixty pound machine to a, a product something you put on your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, the, some of the manufacturers weren't so happy, obviously. <laughs> but do you think that that people and I think our audience could probably answer this better than the two of us, and maybe they'll share it with us on you know our mymacdlife.org or something. Do you think the word technology intimidates people in this situation? Why not just call them glasses? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right. I mean, you, you we we went through so many different scenarios of prosthetics to smart glasses to augmented reality vision. You know, at the end of the day, it's got to be you know we're we're experts in user experience because of the consumer group that we're in. So for us, we really landed on smart glasses. So that's awesome. So they're they're a little bit smarter than my 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 Coke bottle glasses I wear every night. Um, so it's, it's really, like you said, a computer on, on your face, you know, luckily it's getting lighter, smaller, less expensive. Um, but that's really where we started in 2016 was with the, the new eyes pro. So then you came out with the E2 and what was the significant advancement there? What drove that product development? So with the E2 and the E2, E2 plus that, that the, the easy line of products, I looked at it in the standpoint of, of, you know, my parents are, are baby boomers. We're looking at a, an overwhelming amount of baby boomers coming out with beginning stages of macular generation. Oh, yeah. 50, you know, people are diagnosed 50 and above, uh, age 50 plus, you know, maybe a little drusen here and there, but that's the beginning, age 50. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so what, what is this consumer group looking at? They're looking at less magnification. They're not. They're not wanting to read a 500-page book because your World War II guys, your World War One guys, are unfortunately dying out. They're they're living to their hundreds, but not much past that. So for us and me, looking at going, 
what if we created something that was so unique and so different that we included digital content as well as that magnification piece that obviously is very important? These glasses, the E2 and the E2 Plus, have the basic magnification, the contrast, and the OCR, the you know, that reads aloud. And then you added the, I'm just going to call it a virtual reality. So for a baby boomer, I can go on Prime. I can go on Wall Street Journal subscription that I have digitally. I can check my email. I can do all that in those glasses. You can. It's yeah, and you and you're doing it in an accessibility format. So it's already been pre-programmed for you, where you don't have to change contrast, you don't have to change magnification. It's a it's a it's this virtual reality environment, this immersive experience, where if you want to watch Xfinity stream in that to to you know in, in simple terms for us in that IMAX theater, right? It's this massive, huge hundred one degree field of view where. You weren't able to see MASH or watch MASH. You weren't able to see MASH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fun, but I really want to boil it down to, and I don't want to rush you. We've got the the E2, the E2 Plus. You're constantly in kind of development mode. How can we deliver a better solution, right? A wearable. What is this category called again for assistive technology? Yeah, so it's a, a wearable, wearable head-worn, head-worn device, yep. Yeah. Okay. And so what does that mean for people who know nothing about what you're talking about? Yeah, it's something that's lightweight. It's something that you can put on your face. It's something that, in my opinion, has a multitude of uses. So let's talk about that because it's all about tasks, right? So tell folks what the main uses are of this of, of wearables, of the E2 and the Pro. It's, it's about data visualization. It's about basically seeing, seeing as clear as you can with your usable vision. So you can watch TV. Mm-hmm. You can see the faces of your grandchildren that you haven't mm-hmm. seen before. Can mm-hmm. you drive? Uh, no, you cannot drive. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Is that coming? Yeah. Is that uh, coming? It, it's it's in the works. So I do have a story behind that. So okay. So with do the tell. pro, uh, full disclosure. That's why that's why we have when the when the product boots up. Do not drive or walk with the product. We launched the Pro in 2016. I get a call about two weeks later. I won't mention his name. He's a he's a distributor in up, upstate New York. He's visually impaired himself. Great guy. Known him for a long time. And I get this message. He goes, Mark, this product has changed my life. What you did with the Pro is so amazing. I was driving down the highway and it was just <laughs> so great. And it's this, and this is, you know, this full, like I probably all the all the color went out of my face. My hair is standing up. We were like, oh, no, that's really not what it was for. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to move technology down the road, but not literally. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you see the disclosure on there. Do not drive or walk with a product. Obviously, with the Pro and the Pro 3, they're more mobility driven. Tons of people walk with them every day with canes and dogs and things like that. Awesome. But, you can get outside with them. You can yeah. go be more, you're more, much more independent. 100%. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's about what you want to do. Let's share this information with everybody you know. People need to know that you're out there, that this these devices are out there that change people's lives, that make them help them be more independent. In the end of the day, it's about helping people who can't see or who are losing their precious vision understand there are tools and technology out there that's accessible, usable. I like to tell people you can't cut a steak with a butter knife. 
So you need a lot of different things in your life and new eyes could be the right solution for a lot of people. Well, Mark Regat, we are bringing you back. And I just want to say, you know, wherever your brain is going, keep it going that direction. (laughs) Because the world needs this, we need people like you who understand, who are, are, are doing this because... Sure, you want to make money, but you're doing it for all the right reasons. You want to, you're doing this because you want to change people's lives who can't see. And keep keep doing that and keep us posted. We'll have you on. And, you know, I think the inspiration here for people, I hope the takeaway is that this stuff is going on all around you. And my MACD life you know, podcast, our website, neweyes.com. There's lots of information out there. And if you can't see it, get your grandkids to do it, right? Yeah. Or, or a shameless plug, put on an E2 and then... No, put on an E2. No, that's not shameless. So we're going we're gonna to list this information on our website. We're going to uh, put it in the podcast at the end. And I want you to have the last word. So if you had... What do you want to say to people listening that... Well, what do you want to say? I think at the end of the day, we are we are a technology company, but most important, we're we're an advocate. We 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 will not stop. We will not quit. You know, inventing technology for the visually impaired. This is this is this is more than just a business. This is more than just an idea. This is a passion, and be able to change somebody's life with our glasses is is super humble and super appreciative. And you know, that's, that's, uh, that, that's why we get up in the morning every day and deal with, deal with crazy stuff. I love it. You're crazy. You're right. And you're crazy. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and, and I, I am honored and privileged to know you. Thank you very much for showing up today. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. My back to life. My back to life. My back to life. This program is empowered by the Support Sight Foundation. The Support Sight Foundation mission is to save sight for millions of people who suffer from age-related macular degeneration, AMD, and lose their precious vision. As a 501c3 public charity, our goal is to provide patient education and access to low vision resources to help individuals, families, and caregivers whose lives are severely impacted by AMD. We place a high priority on connecting with people, their families, and loved ones who live with the daily struggle of impaired vision. The Support Sight Foundation funds innovative research projects conducted by the top scientists in the field who are on a path to discover effective new tools, technology, and treatments for people like you with vision loss. The Support Sight Foundation, supportsight.org, S-U-P-P-O-R-T-S-I-G-H-T.org, or call us at 888-681-8773 and connect with us on social media. Thank you. Tips to help maintain independence living with macular degeneration are all about making your life easier. We hope you're listening. And maybe even if you're in a situation where you can jot these down, go for it. Again, we're going to talk about the correct magnification. Make sure you're using the correct magnification product and the product power for the task. 
All right. So you got to think about what you're doing at the time. I always say, you know, you don't cut a steak with a butter knife, right? Well, the same rule applies here. Not all magnifiers are the same. That's pretty profound, isn't it, Sean? It is. And my dad has a great saying. He always taught me, it's not the job, it's having the right tool. You got that right. So using the wrong power magnifier will result in failure. How many of you out there have done that? You grab your 3X magnification magnifying glass and you still can't read what you're trying to read. Okay. And that's frustrating. And the frustration comes from not having the right tool for the task. So it's really important to figure out what you're trying to do and then have the tool to do it with, like Sean said. Second of all, we recommend that you have your eye doctor prescribe the correct magnifier or eyeglasses or telescope for reading or for the task that you're doing. You know, talk to them. Tell them what you're trying to accomplish. You know, you have it's a relationship and they can prescribe things that are going to help you. But if you don't tell them what you're trying to do, it's really hard for them to do that. So have that conversation with your doc the next time you're there. You'll be glad you did. Sean, what do you have to say about magnification? It's a hot topic right now. It is. And it's something that's very near and dear to my heart because my wife suffers from low vision. And so I think it's really critically important to learn to use your magnification products correctly. A lot of people think, you know, you pull out a device out of the box, you hook it up, you plug it in, push go and boom, right? But it doesn't really work that way in real life. What really is important is that you have to realize that it takes practice and patience. And so I've seen my wife make remarkable progress with her reader because she was willing to practice and take her time with it and to have patience. And now on a daily basis, it's reading documents, all sorts of amazing things. So it's really changed the quality of her life by being able to use those readers. But it did take practice and patience in the beginning. So the key, that's awesome, Sean. The key to this, folks, is, and a lot of you are out there are doing this, but we just want to encourage you to keep practicing and have patience with yourself and use the right magnification for the task. That's all. That's the takeaway for today. Thanks for joining us. My Magdy Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the board profile section of today's My MACD Life. I am really excited about our board member guest, Charlie Collins. He's joined us today. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Dawn. Great to be here. Uh, before we get started in our conversation, I, I want to say this to you. On behalf of the Support Site Foundation, and you know, we empower My MACD Life, I want to say thank you. We are incredibly grateful to you for your inspiring leadership, your commitment to changing the lives of uh, people who are losing their vision all over the world and doing it one person at a time. I learned that from you. <laughs> so thank you. Well, you're welcome and thank you. Why don't you tell folks joining us today a little bit about the story of Charlie? Sure. Well, I have four sisters and one brother. And back in the 
70s, mid-70s, we were struggling, a few of us in the family, in and out of doctor's offices, psychiatrist's offices, learning difficulty type doctor offices. I'm not really sure, but I do remember they were trying to find out what was wrong with me. <laughs> so we uh, actually couldn't get any answers in the state of Connecticut, but we were. it was suggested that we head up to Mass Ioneer. And all of us, because I had an older brother and sister who were also struggling. So all uh, six, eight of us, but my four sisters, brother, and my parents jumped in the station wagon. And we headed to Mass Ioneer. And after two grueling days of testing, we were sat down and uh, the doctors told us that that four out of six children were um, diagnosed with a very rare eye condition. This was 1976. How old were you, Charlie? Nine. I was nine. Okay. A very rare eye condition called juvenile macular degeneration and also known as Stargardt's. But back then, uh, uh, that's all we were told. And then we were encouraged to come for the next uh, year and a half or so. Every quarter, as a family, they would test all six kids. They were trying to figure out what recessive gene, what is going on. Basically, what I thought they were doing was going to fix it, solve the problem. And uh, mm-hmm. and that's not what happened. But I can tell you, at nine years old, when you get told you have an eye disease, I can't even comprehend that. But, uh, you know, the thought was, does that mean I'm maybe not going to be able to, you know, be a jet fighter pilot, uh, a cop, uh, a fireman? You know, I mean, I just started toying with those I, thoughts. So I would say uh, a year and a half later, sitting there for our last time after another couple of grueling days of testing, we were sat down again by those two doctors, and these guys were, you know, hair all over the place, big beards coming <laughs> down. They were scientists. They they really got outside. <laughs> they had yesterday's lunch in their beards still. <laughs> so, so anyway, they, they were really nice guys trying their best to figure out what was going on. Uh, we were sat down again, and we were told, thank you for your time. Uh, but we don't we don't know what's going on. We don't have a cure. We don't know what to tell you. We, there are no glasses. There's no pill. There's no nothing that we can do for you right now. But we thank you for your services for the past year and a half to helping us. And handed a sheet of paper to my mom, which said, you know, no more snow skiing. Be careful with sports. Blah. You know, so a list of all the things. All the things you couldn't do. Right? All the things you could couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And that was that was our our exiting package. That's all we got to leave with. Um, no connections, any support or help. And my mm. mom got up, we got up from the table and I would say five steps out of that room, she crumpled that piece of paper up and threw it in the garbage. Yay, mom. I, exactly. Because <laughs> I was blessed. I was raised in a family that didn't treat me as a visually impaired person. Didn't, uh, if my sister was perfectly sighted, and expected to do well in school, be respectful, show up on time, you know, all the, so was I, it was no different. I, she didn't say, well, since you're legally or vision impaired, you get the easy card of life. No, it wasn't like that. So, and my parents never did for me what I could do for myself, uh, which was excellent. Wow, Charlie, that's just really a incredible story. And I, like you to share with our listeners what it was like when you you know you started your life out at 9 years old as a young kid finding out that you have this disease vision disease that you're going to have to live with nobody knows how to take it away nobody knows how to make it go away 
So fast forward for us, some crucial points in your life where you started to realize that that was the case, that you had to live with it. And now what do you do? Yeah, that's a great uh, framing because uh, those are monumental points. I couldn't wrap around progressive disease, illness of the eyes at 9, 10, 11. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap around that this was going to haunt me the rest of my life. I was a young kid. I didn't have time to think about that. But I t- one big shift at age 13, when I went to school one day, I was walking down the hall and I started realizing, oh, I can't really see the faces of all the other kids, but I can certainly hear everything going on. And I was so used to being in there. It was eighth grade-ish. I was so used to it at that point that I kind of knew my my surroundings and everything so well but i you know they always put me in the front row of the classroom which made me feel less than or different than the other kids because even in the front row i still struggled to see the chalkboard uh, it was a chalkboard back then and uh <laughs> yeah. you know and the teacher would say let's we're gonna open our books and read today and oh my heart would just sink like because i read slower and the kids would tease me what's the matter i won't say what they would say but uh, it wasn't right. as kind back in those days right and, mean mean kids bullies yeah right right but also they just don't understand you know i I gotta give them that and then i was off the gym class you know i never liked gym too much because you never knew what you were gonna play and and a lot of things in gym required good eyesight which that day was uh dodgeball you know i always joke around it's not bad be throwing the ball but getting it thrown at you when you're visually impaired is not fun and i got picked last uh on the two captains and you know my self-esteem by this point was really heading downhill my my eyes my head was now angled no longer straight out in front of me it was now pointing more down at my feet in the ground i was starting not wanting to look up it and and talk to people too much i just was starting to feel different than less than not good enough and 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 that was really really starting to affect me so that was a big one. But I went home that day with a kind of a load on my shoulders, that, that, that load of fear, that load of, I don't fit in. I don't feel good. Now I'm finally going to my safe place, my home where I feel fine at. Mom tells me I walk in. How was school? Oh, it's fine. I wouldn't tell her that I'm full of fear. I don't ever want to go to school again, Mom. I'm not smart enough. Everybody's better than me. I hate this. I didn't say that. I just said it was fine. She told me, well, you have a piece of mail in the other room. A mail? 13 years old. I don't get mail. Okay. I went and opened it up. It was a big piece of mail. I bet you were excited too, right? I needed that. Yeah, I needed that in my day. Finally, something good. Well, I ripped it open, dumped the contents out. Well, I pulled out this big piece of paper and a large print, thankfully. It said, my name, Charles J. Collins. You have been declared legally blind by the state of Connecticut. And I thought, what? Now my whole state knows I'm a loser? I just thought, no, really, it was like, uh uh-oh, the cat is out of the bag. I've been trying to hide this thing. I don't want people to know. Mm. And now the state just announced it. I mean, I got a free fishing license and all that. And in these days, Dawn. So you can't see, so you can just go fish. Yeah, that's... That's yeah. got to change. Yeah, I, I don't know. But anyway, well, you know, and I joke around now because um, I'm, a, I, I'm over that place. I'm, I, I broke through that. You know, I, I always say I'm, I'm, I'm grateful I wasn't declared illegally blind. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I can see why that's a fast forward. So you were nine. At that point, you were 13. So we're talking four, four years later. And then it was like, pow, right? 
that certificate yeah. really was a huge, huge turning point in your recognition that you ha- are living with this situation. So where'd you take that? So fast forward you know, to your adult life for us. And and if anyone were to meet you on the street, I mean, I know our folks listening can't see you, but if anyone were to meet you, they wouldn't really even know that you have are visually impaired, I think. Right. Well, where did it take me? I, I remind people, I did not know this, but I, I, I don't see through my eyes, I see through my brain. I see, you know, our, we don't see through us. We see through our brains. With a happy, healthy, wealthy brain, vision is possible, but it wasn't for me. So for the next 10 years of my life, I suffered. I struggled. I blamed. I complained. I rationalized why I acted the way I did. I defended my position. It was the teacher's fault. It was my parents' fault. It was my brother's fault, who also was legally blind, but getting good grades. And 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 I would say, why are you getting good grades? <laughs> yeah. They're making me look bad. And, and it just, <laughs> I could not take any responsibility for the disease in my eye. And what was coming true is what the doctors told us. It was a progressive illness. It was getting worse over time, not better. And that's what happens to, you know, the, the, at any age with MACD, right? And so, you know, for folks listening to they, I'm sure everyone, a lot of people can relate about that feeling that you're describing, you know, the fear and the, what do I do next? And the sadness and the depression. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. The depression, the, uh, the fear of the unknown. Like, I don't know. I don't have an answer with forwardness in my life. And that scared me. I still don't, but it doesn't scare me anymore. <laughs> well, so, so that's a good point, Charlie. Tell, I think I tell people why it doesn't scare you how, to help them understand. Maybe there's something in your story that other people can grab onto. Well, I'm no longer the the legally blind guy. I'm Charlie Collins. I'm I'm a person that has some adversity, has a challenge in my life, but it's it's something that I can overcome and and work around and work through. And so when I'm looking out into the future and planning my life and thinking about where I want to be in three, five years or in a week, eyesight doesn't come in my my eye disease doesn't come into that equation or that thought. It's not mm. a part of it. I think that's what, you know, I, I, Don, the bondage of self that I built up over the years, that selfish, self-centered fear that I was living with, though I didn't know so. I thought it was, I didn't think it was my fault. I thought it was the God of my misunderstanding, the parents that never should have had me, uh, the mm-hmm. teachers that were hard on me. They wanted me to do homework. I'm blind. Be nice to me. Just give me a dang A. You know, I didn't realize I was a victim. And, and in that, in that, I gave away all my power. And the bondage inside of me was really killing me, to be quite honest. So is there a spiritual aspect to that that you could share with people? Well, I believe that we're all born with some sort of power outside of our conscious thinking brain that, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Cause I wasn't, I was only the decision maker in my conscious thoughts. Always. I'd never allowed the answer to come. I made it on the spot. 
and, and over the years when my spiritual malady, which is a disconnect, I was disconnected from nature, from the spirit of the universe, whatever it might be called for you or for whoever's listening, but I was disconnected from that. And, uh, you know, and, and there's a fourth dimension of existence that I wasn't a part of that spiritual tapping into. Um, and once that spiritual disconnect, that spiritual malady was overcome for me, I straightened out mentally and physically. And, and what I mean by mentally, my thoughts shifted to more positive, to more, how can I help? What can I do to help others? Not just Charlie. My physical, and I mean my physical space, my physical body, my, my, all of that started cleaning up. It was amazing. And, and all of a sudden I, I, re- I, I, looked at my parents differently, loved ones, people all around me all became, they stopped bothering me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because you lifted all that up, it sounds like, and looked at it differently. So when you say physically, so you, you know, share one or two things that you did that others could do that really helped you as part of what you just described, because there's a lot of pieces. That's a lot of unpacking. Oh yeah, there's a lot of unpacking. You're not kidding, but the, the shift was I uh, the type of food was very important. I uh you know, I had these morning uh, like comas. <laughs> you know, cuz I was eating uh really to help with my, the my depression, the way I felt and I wasn't eating the healthiest foods, but something just I woke up and said, if this, you know, why am I acting like an insane adult? If I'm doing the same things over and over and expecting different results but I'm not getting them, why do I continue to do that? So why don't I change a little? I just started eating healthier, more whole foods. And I started feeling better. My my thinking became better. My body felt better. So I put the hammer away more and more as I – and the hammer is what I mean is that I'm I'm always so hard on myself and you shouldn't mm. do that and you did that wrong. You uh-huh. never should – you know, that started going away because I started taking responsibility for my life. So your healthy diet, we all know that yeah. that's really critical into our health in general. But, you know, eye healthy is heart healthy and – uh and of course, with dry macular degeneration, diet is one of the only things you can do right now. And um, but so eating better, exercising, changing, shifting the thoughts in and out of your head, right? Yes. So is that like a daily thing for you? I mean, is this a practice now? Is that what the message you want to send to people? Yes, it's a, a daily reprieve because I still can wake up feeling sorry for myself or g- getting into a task without the proper tools and getting frustrated. Darn it, this legal blindness or this eye disease, uh, or just macular, whatever the thought is that it's the problem that I'm struggling right now, which is a lie. That I'm struggling because I didn't plan properly. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring the right tool to the to the to the project. And yeah, you couldn't have said it better. It's like, there's nothing you can do as a person like overnight to just shift and cure yourself because you've created some bad habits, some bad thinking patterns, some bad ways to tolerate or deal with or find the solutions as the doctor didn't give us one. Our, Our nature is to find a different one and could be alcohol, could be eating, could be gambling. I mean, it could be something, unfortunately, that takes my mind off my eye disease. And it could now be I've negative. Created, mm-hmm. it, it could just be negative thinking. Pour me, pour me, pour me all day. And pretty much you'd be pouring me a drink. And, um, <laughs> So, so I just started with that, like you said, a pattern of teaching myself and it became a habit. 
But like I said, it's a daily reprieve. I restart every day. How can I best think of others, serve others, and see what my place is today to help others? Because Dawn, if you and I get out of bed and say, what's in it for me? How am I going to feel better, look better, and sound better today? Well, we know how that usually turns out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. So I, I love your message, Charlie, and that seg- that connects so much to not only your life's work and your own condition, but also, you know, to the Support Site Foundation. I mean, the bottom line is, we all know whether we have MACD or another disability or another ish chronic ish disease, you know, arthritis, diabetes, what have you, that if we're always thinking inward and about our own selves, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna help. If we no. think about others and we put ourselves outward and all of our energy outward to change things, it's so much better, right? Dan, may I just end end with one thing? Sure, sure. Something and like you and I been together out trying to hit the not trying. We don't try. We do. We hit the That's pavement. Right. We we knock on doors. We put together uh, large uh, places for people to come in and get educated and all. There's one thing I always like to say, and I try to get this message across. People generally change for one of two reasons. Uh, it's inspiration, which we offer at these educational events uh, through the Support Site Foundation. Inspiration. We want to inspire you and empower you to take the right action to improve the quality of your life. Because MACD is not an individual disease. It's a family disease. It affects everyone. If you, if we take responsibility for our lives, it kind of, the whole family just, the joy lifts in the home because we're not feeling sorry for ourselves. Second way people generally change is desperation. And it's, it's the truth of the human. They change for two, one of two reasons. And the, if you go down to the desperation and you find Finally, sick and tired of being sick and tired. You raise your hand and say, forget, I surrender. I want help. I'm going to do it differently. It's much harder from that point, even though it's possible. So Dawn and I, our goal out there is to inspire and empower people to change. We don't want to see you get down to the desperation part of life. Very well said. Lastly, and you know I love this, and you're gonna laugh because I'm every time we talk, I end up in this place. Would you please share a couple of your Charlieisms and little quotes and things that you use to inspire people and and uh, motivate them? Just share a couple of them. Well, one of my quotes is, "Don't believe what you think; think what you believe." Love that one. Give me one more just to end with, please. So, so, so sure. I, I do uh, presentations a lot. And one of my slides is uh, what is the number one cause of blindness? And people will popcorn out answers and they're always yelling their eye disease, macular degeneration, uh, diabetic retinopathy, retinitis pigmentosa, cataracts, glaucoma. And I'll, you know, those are all great answers. They're all wrong. But the number one cause of blindness is thinking. And I always say, because how could it be an eye disease? We don't see with our eyes. We see with our brains. And the reason you're struggling isn't your eye disease. It's what you think about your eye disease. It's what you think the limitations it just put on you. Because maybe it took away driving or watching the TV the way you used to, but it didn't take away your ability to think a way to work around that and improve the quality of your life by helping others. 
end on a high note. Thank you, Charlie. You're the best. You're welcome. My MACD Life was created by the Support Site Foundation to serve the macular degeneration community. This award-winning educational podcast is one of a kind and is an innovative way to strengthen and empower people who are living with MACD. My MACD Life is made possible by generous tax-deductible donations from people like you. To donate today, visit mymacdlife.org forward slash donate. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We're really glad you're here. Please come back. Yeah, it's definitely a privilege and a pleasure. And remember, for more information, please go to mymacdlife.org. We have all sorts of resources and info there for patients who have MACD and their families. And remember to join us next time on My MACD Life. Thanks for being with us on My MACD Life, the podcast with a vision to bring hope, optimism, perspective, and education to our listeners. For more information and many great, incredible resources, visit mymacdlife.org. This program is supported by amazing listeners like you. During the season of giving, please consider a donation to keep our mission moving forward. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, keep living with hope.